0: Sometimes you go to places where, where there is more crime and, and you're just used to like being careful in that sense. I wanted to live in different places throughout my life. I didn't want to stay in the same place. I think there is a lot to explore and a lot to learn from different places. Yeah. So I took upon that opportunity. And I think in that case, happiness comes together with the struggle, with the effort, with pursuing something and, and is worthy of pursuing because it's difficult, because it's challenging. So I think if we were more transparent about the process, people will be more motivated to take on these different skills or take on different projects. It's just, it seems to be impossible because we're looking at the end result from years and years of labor. No one has been born with a skill already in their mind. They all had to learn it and make tons of mistakes along the way. So courage, that's the important one. Living with courage and learning with courage.
1: Welcome back to this week's episode of the I Love Success podcast. I am super excited to be here today sharing more stories and continuing my world tour. Uh, I'm almost up to 200 episodes and for the 172 or 73 of those, they were all in person. I refused to meet with anybody online virtually and uh, then a pandemic hit and it was just uh, adapt and overcome and it's been amazing it's not as easy to connect as when you meet with somebody in person of course that's my preference but i haven't been able to travel virtually all over the world and meet with thought leaders that could never meet me in la so it's been a blessing in disguise and today i'm traveling to montreal canada to meet with Nick Velasquez. I mean, this guy we just had a conversation for 5 minutes before and I, I can already feel that we are going to be friends and uh, I'm going to go to Montreal at some point and uh, hopefully I'll I'll have Nick over in LA as well. And I mean, he's a passionate learner and he's devoted to the and stu- uh, he's a devoted student to mastery. He's an author of the popular blog, Unlimited Mastery, where he writes about learning science, peak performance, creativity, and mastering skills. And I mean, as a martial artist, this is what I do. I study mastery. I want to get better. I want to share journeys. I want to share stories. And I want to just dig deep into what success is, what is the human experience. And I think Nick is going to be the guy to help me explore this even deeper. So let's welcome Nick Velasquez to the I Love Success podcast.
0: Thanks a lot. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah. Th- thanks, brother. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, it's crazy. We, we only talk for five minutes, but in some weird way, and don't, don't take this the wrong way, it feels like I know you a little bit because you yes. seem so like calm and chill.
0: And <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yes. And we share a lot of things with just discussing martial arts. And that's just something that really bonds people. So yeah, happy
1: to talk about that too. Awesome. So let's let's kind of go back to your original from Colombia, right?
0: Correct. Yes. Is
1: that where you grew up or
0: Yeah, that's where I grew up. So I was born and raised in Colombia and then moved to Canada. It's been like 10 years I'm here, so.
1: Okay. Let's talk about Colombia. How how was it to grow up there as a kid? Like what what was the best things and what would what did you miss and what did you love, so to speak?
0: Um well you really like the people and that's part of what i miss the most so the friends that you make growing up it's hard to build those really strong relationships because you share so much of just growing up together and sharing all these things as as kids um so of course that's something that i miss a lot then the food food has a deep impact in in us uh, for everyone like for anyone you ask um, that's come from a different place. And yes, we, you ask them what they miss the most about their country is usually food. We have this really strong relationship with the food we grew up with. So that's something else that I really enjoyed. Um, one of the lessons that I think was important growing up in Colombia is that it it was a dangerous place and in many ways still is. I mean, it's it's gotten much, much safer, but there is a reality that is high crime. Um, so growing up, our parents couldn't just shield us from that reality. Instead, they had to give us the lessons of how to look after ourselves. So we, we couldn't live in this fairy land of everything's okay, everyone's nice, everyone's is good people. It's like, no, there are many good people out there, but there are also some people out to harm you or they'll try to take advantage of you. So there was a lesson that needed to be there. What's interesting is that growing up, you just assumed the world to be that way. It's like you learn to be very careful about your things and to always look after after your stuff. And then it's only when I moved to Canada where people are like, why are you looking over so much at your stuff? Like it's safe there. (laughs) I'm not used to it. And you're always looking back if you're walking at 3 a.m. or so, like going back home from a bar or something, and you're concerned that there's someone following you. And so it's only when you come to a place like this where you're so safe that you realize it was not okay like the way you grew up like there were some problems but you assume that they were just the way it was um so yes you don't recognize it until after but uh like i love it there i try to go there once or twice a year my mom still lives there so i go visit her and it's just a great place it's the weather the people and and just so much nature it's amazing
1: yeah i always wanted to go to colombia i've heard it's very beautiful and uh I really want to go one day.
0: Yes, people fall in love. Um, there's more and more foreigners now living there.
1: Yeah, I bet. And, and I'm curious. Can we just talk about like that type of awareness that you talked about when you are like always aware of what's going on in your surrounding that you kind of get by being you know exposed to to dangers do you think Mm -hmm. is is that a good or a bad thing like how has that served you in other areas of your life
0: i think it served me when i traveled so traveling the world sometimes you go to places where there is more crime and and you're just used to like being careful in that sense Mm -hmm. so like um you recognize certain ways that people are looking at you or things like that. And like, I know this, like, (laughs) this is not okay. Something's about to happen. Um, And then just being careful. Like I see what happens to a lot of foreigners when they go to Colombia. And then if they do run into some trouble or they get robbed, it's like, what happened? Like, well, I was walking like at 2 a.m. on this empty street. Like, why were you doing that? (laughs) But they don't get it because they didn't grow up with those things. So for me, the good part is that Anywhere I travel, I kind of know how to look after, after myself. So uh, I don't really worry about going to any place. On yeah. the bad side is that you're overstressed yeah. most of the time. So you, that feeling never goes away. So whenever I'm outside, I still feel like there is a looming danger. And that's not okay because you can't really relax. Yeah. So um, that is the bad part. So it does have some good things, but if if you're... I guess it also depends on the person, but I'm oversensitive to that. So I'm
1: always too aware of the surroundings and too concerned about what's around me. I see a lot of successful people. I meet a lot of successful people. And then I kind of look at them and try to analyze their life. And I, I'm I'm questioning are they happy as well? Yes. Uh, so I I firmly believe that being successful, quote unquote, whatever that is, and being happy, I think those can walk hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think it's really, really difficult because you the more successful you get, especially financially, uh, the more harder decisions you have to make, or even as an athlete mm-hmm. or in any given field, like the pressure is on now and and being congruent with what makes you happy yes. when you're under fucking pressure, mm-hmm. it's not easy.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: so can we just talk about that? Like, What's your definition about happiness and can those can those actually walk hand in hand or, yeah. or how do we, how do we even build a good life? You know?
0: Yeah. So f- just finishing it up with what you were saying on on success. And I think that's just a very personal subject. I don't think there will be an objective measure for it. I think for like, it depends if at the end of your life, you cannot look back and you say, this was worth living. And I feel good about the things that I did and the people that I influenced. So for example, with my mom, she wanted to stay at home. And so she decided not pursue a career and then dedicate her time to raise my brother and myself. And she's happy about that. And I look at that and like, is that not success? Yes, it is. That's what she wanted to do and she's proud of it. And she made those sacrifices to give us a better life. And that was her goal. Um, For someone else it could be making a lot of money, and I'm no one to say that's the wrong path. Like if that's really what fulfills you and that's what you wanna look back to, and say, yes, this is what I wanted to do, then that's success for him. Um, So yes, and then happiness. I don't know if happiness is what we should be struggling towards. It's, it's more like fulfillment. And that comes with struggle, and it comes with pain, and it comes with sacrifice. But is that idea, like, was this life worth living? Yeah. And if the answer is yes, then that would be the success and not necessarily happiness i think happiness in a way would be like a a burst of emotion that is not necessarily long lasting so it would be like the whole emotion if we want to i kind of think of a different analogy for this but it will be like sex so you have like an orgasm but you have the act yeah so like happiness would be like the orgasm it's like that moment when your brain is releasing all these chemicals yeah that would be the idea of happiness but you're not. If someone told you, you can only have orgasms or you can only have sex, which one would you choose? Like yeah. one would be kind of co- incomplete without the other. Yeah. So to me, like that part of the act becomes as important. So it's the process and the feeling. So the happiness is just that emotional response to a process that you've been following. So we cannot remove the process from the effect. And I think in that case, happiness comes together with the struggle, with the effort, with pursuing something and and is worthy of pursuing because it's difficult because it's challenging
1: so it's like two coins the two sides of the same coin yeah i mean i think you're onto something it's it's the full human experience right mm-hmm. how can we how can we laugh if we don't know how it feels to cry right how can yes. we how can we feel joy if we don't know pain uh, it, and i mean it's true. The, the only thing is like when we are causing ourselves pain, you know, because there's there's so many limiting beliefs that I see around me. And it it hurts me to see people that have all this potential, but they're putting all these boundaries on themselves. Like, do you have any ideas or tips for, for people that are like like I believe anybody or everybody has some type of potential in life. Yes. But I hear it all the time, no, I can't do it. I'm not good enough, and you see that and yes I mean, I don't know like what what can you like what what can you say to help help with that?
0: Yeah, I think uh, one of the best things that we can do for that is like we're so used to seeing the perf- the performance of things, the end result. So an example I'd like to bring up is if you go if you see a magic illusion. Like, let's say the magician vanishes a card and makes it reappear in an impossible location. As the spectators, we see that and we're amazed by it. Like, that that's so impossible. Like, how did this happen? But if we could peek behind the illusion, we would find this process that anyone can replicate through the study and practice of sleight of hand. So I think that people get caught up on the performance, on the glamour, on the end result. And so they think that they, they cannot do the same things that they're heroes. It's like that's beyond them. They think they don't have the capabilities, um, the talent, whatever their limiting belief is because they're not seeing the process behind it. But when you see the process, that motivates you. So if you see how something's done and like the amount of work it takes, it's like, oh, I could do this too. Things like people don't want to show us the process because it's not as glamorous. So it's better like you pick up a book. It's like, that author rewrote that thing so many times and it went through so many days of doubt on self-loading. But then you're seeing the end result after there's so many drafts. And like, of course, that sounds great, but you didn't see the first draft. If you could read the first draft, it's like, I could do this too. <laughs> so I think if we were more transparent about the process, people will be more motivated to take on these different skills or take on different projects. It's just, it seems to be impossible because we're looking at the end
1: result from years and years of labor. Yeah. And speaking of that, like, uh, why did you decide to write a book? And how, how was that process for you?
0: Yes. The process was really hard. <laughs> it was really hard. And so I decided to write a book because I've always been obsessed with learning. I like taking on new skills, but I was always frustrated how difficult it was moving from knowledge into skill. So one thing is knowing about something and another thing is knowing how to do it. Yeah. So it's very easy to gather knowledge about a thing. So let's say you could know a lot about painting, but not know how to paint anything. Yeah. So I was frustrated by how long it would take to go from one to the other. And like, how do I cross that bridge? So that led me into this rabbit hole of studying as much as I could about neuroscience and then learning peak performance mastery. And I was trying to find a book that was a guide for me to learn anything I wanted. I couldn't find that book. So then it just started compiling and putting all this information together. Halfway through it, I realized if I'm going to do all this work, I might as well just put it out there for other people so they don't have to go through the same pain I'm going right now. They don't have to read all these hundreds of books to, to get the information that is really valuable, that it's applicable. But had I known... How much work was ahead of me? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I would have done it. Like I was lucky that I was ignorant of how much work goes into a book but i'm I'm happy that I put in the work. Uh, it was a long process. It was a couple of years of research and a couple of years writing, and then the rewrites, the editing, all those things, and finally, like going into publishing, all of it is challenging. Um, but writing, I think what I got the most out of it. Is that it forces you to do the work every day. You can't write the book in one day or or a week. You could write maybe a first draft if you're like some kind of monster, but for most people, writing a book in a week is not is not reasonable. Maybe not even a month for the for a first draft. So writing forces you to pace yourself and to put in the work every day and to take on a task that seems so it's so big, so beyond your capabilities and just saying, you know what, just the next step and then the next step and then the next step. So I found that with martial arts, I found that with writing and I found that with bodybuilding that I need to put in the work every day and just trust the process that I'm going to get where I want to go. So it's very humbling because you don't see a lot of progress day by day and you're you're going with the trust of knowing that somehow one day you're going to get where you want to go. That was the biggest lesson for me in writing. It was like uh, the first drafts are horrible. They're just horrible. And then you try that the next one is not that bad. And then the next one is a little bit better. And then, hey, this is taking shape and now it looks good. So it's also taking... Because writing and a few crafts, they have this distinction where you can improve your skill and you can improve your product, which are two different things. So I was working on improving my writing skills, but then. Once you're writing the book, then you're trying to improve the book itself. So they both, they go hand in hand, but they have a different process. That was very interesting about uh, learning to write and putting the book together.
1: (laughs) I mean, mastery is so cool because you see that it's, I mean, you gotta, you gotta be able to push yourself and like mastery is not always healthy. I mean, elite is not always healthy or it might not make you the happiest person, but you get, I think you get to experience the highs and lows of life, Mm -hmm. you know, because I mean, when, when everything is on the line and you lose in front of thousands of people, you know, that sucks. But winning is, like, amazing, right? (laughs) So there's, like, all these emotions that come into your life. And I don't know, like, I was an elite athlete for many years. I don't know if I want to recommend that to everybody Mm. at all. But it's, I'm happy that I did it. Yeah. So it's tough. Uh, A lot of people don't know. It is. And I mean, I think about it, you know, I think about life and, I think we all in order to feel you know content and happy with ourselves we need to push ourselves in, into something even if it's being the best mom I can be or like mm-hmm. uh, trying trying the best in your li- little world or big world whatever you you mm-hmm. want to do like I I don't care like for me a goal the happiest man I know is my grandfather and he had two cows and that's the happiest man ever. Okay. Like, I met people that won everything and I, and yes. has, and are, so, so, so it's not about that, but in his world, he did the best he could and he was mm. content and had peace of mind. And I think we all need to, in order to have peace of mind, some, somewhere along the lines, you, you need to like get out of that comfort zone and push yourself into something, right?
0: Mm-hmm. and having like a, a higher standard for yourself i love that i spend a lot of time in japan and the way they do things their attention to quality the attention to detail how deliberate they are whatever it is they do it was impressive i was at this mall and because it's so crowded like japan there's so many people and they need to be cleaning those bathrooms very often and then i see that they're going to come to clean the bathroom. And it's like a team, like a SWAT team. They're lining up, ready to clean those bathrooms. And then they put a ribbon. It's like, I'm sorry, the bathroom is going to be closed for the next two minutes or whatever it is. And they come in and you see them scrubbing those, uh, those toilets and everything. I've never seen anything like it. It's like, wow, that's taking pride in whatever you do. It's like putting that amount of quality. And you see it from everyone. Like you see a cashier at a at a restaurant and they look like a professional cashier. It looked like they went to university for four years to work as a cashier. It's impressive. Like the pride they take on anything they do because for them is how good, how well you do the things you're doing and not necessarily what you're doing. If you're cleaning streets, if you're sweeping streets and you're doing it with that level of quality, that makes you honorable. And that's what the whole society is based on. How well you do your job. It doesn't matter what job it is. And I think that's what brings a lot of satisfaction when you hold yourself to higher standards, even if no one notices. I saw some guy, when I live in Japan, I woke up very early, it's like around 4 a.m. or so, I'm walking to the gym and I see this store owner, the store won't open for, for a couple of hours more and he's cleaning the street in front of his shop and then he's vacuuming the sidewalk in front of his shop. I'm like, wow. Maybe most people won't realize it, but it's there. So is that idea that you're doing it for yourself, that quality that m- makes you satisfied with who you are and what you do, even if no one else notices it. So there's this famous story about Steve Jobs that wanted to have the interior of the Apple computer to look gorgeous, even if no one was gonna see it. And that story is always told like, Oh wow, he was so attentive to this. So like that's the whole Japanese culture. <laughs> everything they do is exactly like that you buy something and the way they package it everything is that same attitude it's like everything has to be on point there's always has to be quality and i try to apply a lot of that in my life like i'm trying to absorb that from japanese culture because we get used to that idea of just getting things done and for some aspects aspects of our lives yes it's fine because you don't want to spend a lot of hours maybe just crafting a simple email that you needed to respond yes to and then you overthink it, but on the things that matter to you, you should be that attentive to detail everything everything should be careful not going too deep into talking about the book, but there is this quote from Michelangelo that starts in the book, and like I read that quote at one point and I thought this is this is exactly what I want to include in the introduction so then I it's like, okay, I want to see like what is the context of, of this thing. And I read Michelangelo's biography. Like, oh, that's uh, not enough. Then I took on this lecture. It was like 14-hour lecture on Michelangelo. And then I contacted the professor that wrote the biography and that made the lecture. And he's like the... The biggest expert on Michelangelo, I consider like the highest es- expert in Michelangelo, to have a conversation with him about the quote and things, like that's a simple quote. That's it. That's all I talk about Michelangelo in the book. But it's like it needed to be on point. That to me mattered, and it was the idea of. I know that most people will never notice those things if I weren't saying them right now. Like no one would know about this story, but it's not? that I I know, I know, and I know it's there for that reason. So it's living under those quality standards for yourself. I think that's very gratifying. It's gratifying to me. And that's when you kind of detach from, Hey, is the book so successful or not? Are people going to admire or not? That's beyond the point. Yeah. The satisfaction
1: came from the process and from holding yourself to a higher standard. I love that. And I think that's the way of you know, being a, a, we call it bushi, like a warrior mm-hmm. in, in, in Japanese philosophy and, 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 and also in life in general, you know. The other day I was, I was exhausted, I was laying down, I was about to fall asleep, I had a lot of things going on with different types of people, different uh, transactions and deals and things like that. And one thing that made me proud of myself was like, hey, I did the right thing, Mm-hmm. I did I did what I think thought was right, and I didn't I didn't cheat on anybody and I didn't step on anybody's toes just to make myself look better. And was it the best decision financially for me? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But giving me the peace of mind and and knowing long term this is how who I am and how I show up in life, that's that's more rewarding than anything, right?
0: Yes. Yes, I agree.
1: So, Nick, uh, we're almost almost out of time. I I think I oh feel wow, like I know I like <laughs> you going really fast. So long, you know, we're, we're having so much fun, and I want to learn more about what you did in Japan and all of that. Yes. So, I, I guess we have to we have to connect uh, again. Oh, for sure. Uh, but like, I want to. Like, we're all about sharing stories, but at the end of the day, I want the people listening to this podcast to take action. Hmm. So what would be the first step for them after this show to kind of get started on their dreams?
0: Hmm. Let me think. One of the things that hold a lot of people back, and this is usually this usually happens in learning skills is believing a lot of misconceptions. Things like I'm too old for this or I don't have the talent to do it. So um, I do talk a lot of about those myths and how they're they're not real. Um, We have proof that they're not real. So going beyond those things and understanding that you are capable of learning whatever you want to learn. That's the greatest power of the human mind, learning. We're all made to learn. We were built to learn. And all skills that exist can be learned. And no skill can resist the relentless attack of delivery practice. If you put in the work, if you put in the effort, you will get better. Yeah. it's inevitable you will and then the other part and this is probably the most important and is as true for life as it is for learning anything is the willingness to fail the willingness to make mistakes so um, i see this often in learning languages it's where i see it the most often because you there's something so personal about learning a language you don't want to look foolish you don't want to make mistakes about uh, in front of native speakers and i notice that the people that go out and are willing to make those mistakes to fail, those are the ones that learn it faster. Those are the ones that eventually learn the language and they do it way faster than everyone else. And I fall on the first category. I'm the one that's too shy to try the language. And so it usually takes me way longer. And the important thing that I want to mention here is that I'm not advocating failure. It's not failing for the sake of failing. I'm advocating courage. It's the idea of going out there and knowing that you will have to make mistakes to get better at anything. That's the process. We all make mistakes. It's hard to remember that Mozart probably made a ton of mistakes learning his scales and Shakespeare learning to write. We forget those things, but everyone had to go through the same process. Yes, some move faster than others, but we all have to go through the same process. No one skips it. There's no exception ever. No one has been born with a skill already in their mind. They all had to learn it and make tons of mistakes along the way. So courage,
1: that's the important one. Living with courage and learning with courage. Mic drop, boom. And I want to thank your, what's the name of your parents, Nick?
0: Beatriz and Carlos.
1: Beatriz, I want to thank Beatriz and And Carlos Carlos. for instilling this knowledge into you, not knowledge, but the idea to invest in yourself and investing in education. And that's something that I, advocate for I love that you do too and and I mean l- learning is amazing there's so much to learn and 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 having the courage to do so just like you said uh, so we are super grateful that you were here, uh, spending so much time here with us today. I know, I as a martial artist, I messed up on scheduling and also with the with the. That's all good. Uh, so it's it's I, I'm sorry, I apologize for that. But I'm glad we made this happen and that you were so understanding. It just shows your who you are as a person and your character, and I truly appreciate that. Uh, I know you have a book coming out July fourteenth, right? Yes. Uh, learn, improve, master how to develop any skill and excel at it. If people want to read that, where can they get it?
0: On Amazon. It's going to be on all the retailers, Barnes & Noble.
1: Um,
0: yes, Amazon is probably the easiest So you get the Kindle and the audiobook will be coming out um, soon after that.
1: Yep. Awesome. Uh, I'm also excited. Uh, thanks again Nick Velasquez for joining here today sharing open-heartedly. I also want to thank everybody that you're still here listening, watching to our show. I have a big, fat mission. I'm all about serving and helping as much as I can. Uh, My goal is to help at least 10 million people to go after their dreams. I realized very quickly that I need people like Nick in order to do that. And I also need people like you that are here watching, listening. Uh, But for this to actually matter, you need to take some of these tools and implement them into your own life. You need to share this story with somebody else that needs to hear it. Uh, So please show us some love. Uh, We are not charging anything for this and uh, we we want you to have this information, but uh, applied knowledge is what we're looking for, not just knowledge. So please apply uh, what you like, Uh, try it. Hopefully it works for you. If not, find another way Uh, check us out at ilovesuccess.co almost 200 of these incredible game changers and thought leaders from all over the world sharing open heartedly for you to enjoy uh, for free you also get a couple of chapters of my book Uh, I'm grateful for your time I want to hear from you what's your dream what are you looking to do with your life Uh, connect with me on uh, Instagram Peter Jumrakowski Also, you can find me on info at ILSuccess.com. I will reply personally to you. So I hope to hear from you. Thank you guys and talk to you soon.